0: Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories, with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring workday.
1: The slums of the big
2: town, as packed with drama and danger as the squalid streets of some native quarter. In the heart of this melting pot of crime stands an oasis where one man struggles against the forces that turn his loved ones to lives of violence and shame. Into this atmosphere walks the most ruthless character you have ever seen on the screen. A killer returning to the slums that nurtured him and to the man who strangely enough had been his boyhood comrade. From the meeting of this strange pair, evolves the most devastating blast of drama to hit the screen since Public Enemy. Angels with Dirty Faces.
3: Morning, gentlemen. Nice day for murder. Where's Frazier? Where's that hundred grand? You think we're gonna pay off, huh? Certainly. If I don't get that dough in three minutes, Frazier's gonna be splashed all over the best hideout in town.
4: I'm gonna use your case as a crowbar to pry open and uncover this cesspool. I'm gonna force the law, corrupt or not indict and prosecute and bring the light of day this entire filthy mess.
3: Asking questions again, huh? Listen, some of these days you're going to stick your nose and you're going to get something in it. Well, I only thought it was... Shut up! Now look, you don't know anything about this, see? No, no, I don't know nothing. But you do know what guys get who talk.
4: I've loved him since we were kids six years old.
1: Why are you trying to send him to prison for life? You can't do that to
5: Rocky. I won't let you.
4: You see, Laurie, there's all those other kids in the streets whom I don't want to see grow up like Rocky did. You see, Laurie, they have lives too. I can't throw them away.
1: Sullivan picked me up at my home. He's got everything that was in my safe. Account books, receipts, names, addresses, bank books, everything. If he's prosecuted for this kidnapping, he'll talk. I'm taking care of this job myself. Get Blackie up here right away. Now, listen, Mac. I don't care how you handle Sullivan, but it's got to look like an accident with that priest. Leave that to me. Here, beat it. What's the matter Would you? Want to get your skull full of lead? I thought you were smart
6: enough to try to stick your kiss in a place like this. I couldn't stand by and watch him shoot you down, Rock.
0: Right? Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie. Angels with Dirty Faces from 1938. The studio was Warner Brothers, release date November 26, 1938. The running time 97 minutes and it was in black and white. The box office at the time took in 1.7 million, that was worldwide, and that would be 31 million today. Now, this film, The Adventures of Robin Hood and Four Daughters, were said to have saved Warner Brothers from major losses in 1938. And the common theme of all three of those films? They were all directed by Michael Curtiz. Leonard Maltin from his classic Movie Guide gives the film three and a half out of four stars. His quick little synopsis is superior cast and the archetypal tale of two playmates. One becomes a gangster and the other a priest. Roland Brown's story was scripted by John Wexley and Warren Duff. Quintessential Warner Brothers melodrama and a favorite of parodists for decades. Rotten Tomatoes gives a 100% fresh from 22 Reviews. Their critics' consensus is James Cagney's explosive charisma and Pat O'Brien's steadfast decency are a match made in heaven in this touching battle for a community soul. Now it's funny, when I first saw Angels with Dirty Faces, I kept waiting for the scene with snakes because that's what I remember seeing in the Home Alone movies. Now the problem was that those scenes in Home Alone were not from a real movie. They were a parody created specifically for Home Alone. And that was called Angels with Filthy Souls. So I'm sure I wasn't the only one confused if you grew up in the 80s.
1: (laughs) Who is it? It's me, Snakes. I got the stuff.
7: Leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here.
1: All right, Johnny. But what about my money?
7: What money? AC
1: said you had some dough for me.
7: That a fact. How much do I owe
1: you? AC said 10%. Too bad AC ain't in charge no more. What do you mean? He's upstairs taking a bath. He'll call you when he gets out. Hey! I tell you what I'm gonna give you, snakes. I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no-good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm going. One, two, ten!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Keep the change, you filthy animal. Okay, let's get into the making of the film. So because of the production code and the Legion of Decency in 1934 and the crackdown of certain types of films, gangster films were sort of passe in the mid-1930s after having lots of success at the beginning of the decade. Now, by the late 30s, these gangster films were having a bit of a renaissance due to the studios changing up their stories a bit. You could still make a gangster film, but the heroes were now lawmen, not the gangsters. Also, the gangster films would now get into why the gangsters became who they were, like the places they grew up in. It was their environment that led them astray. The big city culture, not that they were necessarily born to be bad. In the original script of Angels with Dirty Faces, many things were cut out because the censors wouldn't allow it like the use of bulletproof vests and the kidnapping of Father Jerry and policemen that couldn't be shown getting shot, though you know there was some creative editing that might have allowed this to pass in the film. And the gangsters couldn't use a Tommy machine gun. Director Michael Curtiz was one of the most respected and successful directors of his generation. He had a great visual sense and mood in his films, and it was present in Angels with Dirty Faces. In 1938 alone, he had three major hits, as I mentioned earlier. And this was the old studio contract days, so it was like an assembly line making films. Could you imagine a director today doing three to four films in a year? It's now unheard of, unless you're Tyler Perry. (laughs) What Warner Bros. was brilliant at when signing their actors and directors to contracts is they all had to be flexible to do different types of films. So to use an analogy, they were kind of like utility players in baseball who could play various different positions. Warner Brothers never wanted their players to be one type of actor or director, and that variety kind of showed in their quality of films at the time. You know, James Cagney, Humphrey Bogart, and Michael Curtiz could do it all. James Cagney was the utmost professional. He knew the entire script to memory. Not just his part, but everyone's part. If someone forgot their lines, he could recite it back to them. Cagney was a true professional, and it's why he was one of the best in the business, and so revered. Cagney and Pat O'Brien were very good friends, and both were delighted to work together on the film, after not being in a film together for over two years due to Cagney's contract dispute with Warner Brothers, In total, they started nine films together, and were very popular as a team. At the time, Humphrey Bogart wasn't yet a star that he would become in a few years, but you could see the glimpses of what Bogart would become, and his scenes with Cagney were extremely well done. And it was their first film together. In total, they would be in three films together. And the common theme with Cagney, O'Brien, and Bogart is they were all from the theater. They all had those acting chops, which would shine through on screen. Anne Sheridan had a key role in the film and isn't a stereotypical female type for the time, which is sort of refreshing because she's her own person. Her character is tough and holds her own, and Sheridan plays the part very well. Originally, the character of Laurie had a larger role in the script. It was going to be the sister of one of the dead-end kids. In the end, her character was cut down and more streamlined, which in a way is a shame because watching the film, you expect to see her more often. The dead-end kids were extremely popular on stage and had done only one film prior to Angels, and that one film did really well with a small budget. Warner Brothers figured having the kids in the Angels movie would be another coup to help the film be even more successful, and they were right. Plus, the Dead End kids were effective in portraying the dark underbelly of the inner city at the time, which often wasn't portrayed on screen. They are in the antithesis of what you would want your kids to grow up to be. Now, the Dead End kids were Billy Halep, Bobby Jordan, Leo Gorsey, Gabriel Dell, Hunts Hall, and Bernard Punsley. Much like the characters in the film, Leo Gorsi tried to upstage Cagney when first shooting. And Cagney finally told Gorsi if he kept trying to ad-lib and upstage him, he would knock Gorsi out. Gorsi, no surprise, fell in line. Cagney might have been small in stature, but he was intimidating as hell. Alright, let's get into the film. So the film begins with two teenagers named Rocky Sullivan and Jerry Connolly. Rocky and Jerry are close friends, but they have a penchant for getting into trouble. Rocky talks Jerry into stealing fountain pens from a parked freight train, but they get spotted by security, and Rocky is nabbed by the police and sent to a juvenile detention center and reform school while Jerry gets away. Jerry feels guilty when he visits Rocky and offers to turn himself in, but Rocky talks him out of it. Deep down, Rocky knows that Jerry has a better future ahead of him. Also, when trying to escape from the police, Jerry actually tripped and fell on the train tracks as the train approached and Rocky saved him from being run over. So this is something to remember as Rocky gets older and his frequent penchant to help out his friend. Frankie Berker plays the young version of Rocky, does a spot-on impression of James Cagney, and even kind of looks like a younger version of him. However, William Tracy looks nothing like Pat O'Brien. Eh, he can't win them all. As a matter of fact, it almost took until the end of shooting to find a young actor to play the Pat O'Brien character because the studios just couldn't find someone who matched him physically and verbally. Michael Curtiz almost didn't shoot the young Rocky and Jerry scenes because of this dilemma, which would have been terrible for the film, in my opinion, because the prologue of a young Rocky and Jerry is vital to the story. We then get a montage of various prison stints for Rocky as he gets older, like assault and battery. Once he gets out, he gets into bootlegging liquor and beats those charges. He later beats a manslaughter rap after a police raid. Rocky is officially considered a gangster now and has been able to get off due to likely jury tampering and bribes. He continues to live the high life during the Roaring Twenties until he's finally arrested when the mob is rounded up. Rocky's lawyer, James Fraser, played by Humphrey Bogart, is part of the heist Rocky is arrested for. Fraser tells Rocky to take the prison sentence of three years, and once he's released, Fraser will give him the $100,000 they stole. After his prison stint, Rocky is released and goes to visit his childhood friend, Jerry. This is Pat O'Brien, who is now a priest. As expected, both boys took completely different paths after Rocky was first arrested as a kid. Jerry runs a rec center for underprivileged and at-risk kids, just to kind of prevent them from turning to a life of crime, similar to what happened to his friend Rocky. Many of the kids admire and respect Father Jerry. Jerry sets Rocky up with a place to stay at a boarding house near the church. As it turns out, the boarding house is run by Laurie Martin, played by Anne Sheridan, whom Rocky grew up with. Laurie gets even with Rocky after 15 years by playfully slapping and pulling Rocky's hat over his head, A similar thing he did when they were kids. That night, Rocky goes to meet Frazier at the club he runs.
1: Somebody outside to see you. Yeah, who? Rocky Sullivan. Rocky Sullivan? Yeah. Does he know I'm here? Well, sure. Didn't you want me to tell him? That's all right. Send him in. Well, well, Rocky, say, this isn't a surprise. What do you, what do you say? <laughs> I had the date on the calendar, only I thought it was next month. Otherwise, I'd have been down to meet you, you know, with the brass band and all the trimming. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny you didn't show. But then I know you've been busy the last three years. <laughs> say,
3: it's only got a swell layout here. Looks like you're in
1: the dough. Yeah, it's only, uh, well, you know my Keeper. My Keeper? Yeah, heard of him. He we the town, can buy it and sell it. Only <laughs> well, he doesn't buy it, he sells it. <laughs> That's
3: soft, ain't it? a whole lot soap that star cut I've been sleeping on for the last three years. <laughs> well, you're
1: out now, Rocky. Yeah. Where's that dough? What, the hundred grand? Yeah. Might well, have had it for you, only as I said, I didn't expect it. I know, you said it before. You don't have to worry about it, Rocky. I'm worried about it. I'll have it for you by the end of the week. In the meantime, I suppose you'd like a little spending money. Here, here's 500. I'll take that.
3: It'll take me a few days to get settled. And by that time, you can get that dough together and tell me where I come in.
1: Where you come in, what do you mean? Where I come in, what business you want me to handle, what part of town, and what my cut is. Your cut?
3: Yeah, that was the idea, wasn't it? I took the rap the three years, you took the dough, made the
1: connections, built it up for you and me, wasn't that it? Oh, I see, yes, uh, I understand, but well, you got this thing all wrong. You see, I work for Kiefer, he's the boss. I haven't anything to say. If you want to find a spot in this business, why, you'll have to take it up with him. Now look, Fraser, I'm not taking
3: it up with anybody but you. You figure it out for yourself. I'm taking up with you where I left off. That was the agreement, and we're going to stick to it. Got it?
1: Oh, well, yes, but... Uh... But what? Well, uh. Hello, Mac. What's my breaking down in the Jim? No, not at all. Come right in. I want you to meet Rocky Sullivan. Pleased to meet you, Sullivan. Hiya. I know all about you. You're okay. When did you get out? Oh, a couple of days ago. What are you doing? Looking around. Maybe I might have a spot for you. Hey, we were just talking about that. Where are you stopping, Rocky? I've got
3: a room over in my old neighborhood, on Dark Street, number 24. Well, I'll blow now, and uh, I'll drop up, say, uh, Monday.
1: Monday? That'll be fine. Right. I'm going downtown. I'll give you a lift. Oh, thanks. See you later, Jim. Monday.
0: As expected, Frazier never had any intentions of giving Rocky his cut or making part of the organization after Rocky got out of prison. Next, we get to meet the Dead End Kids, who are a group of local hoodwums who basically act like Rocky and Jerry when they were kids. They attempt to pickpocket Rocky, but get more than they bargained for. Hey, look
8: at the dude.
5: Come on, let's give him a whisk. Hey, watch out! Oh, that. What do you want? I'll make you eat that food on the way. I ain't hungry. Let's go get that! Come on, take care of my baby. Oh, he's, he's trying to
9: take something up in the air, you know it?
5: How'd you get it, Crib?
6: I hoisted over the transfer back of the alley and drops it down a hunker here. Yeah, the corner caught me right in the dome. Ah, so long as it didn't break the machine. Come on, Wait get it, it right. right. That's
1: come Be in the money now, maybe.
3: Six nickels and two slugs.
5: Imagine crooks like that putting slugs in a slot machine. shitless shit, Liz? I'm gonna break up. Sure. Pipe down. Get in That's only Soapy in the gang. Hi. Hi, Soapy. So so- hey, look what oh, we got. Chase. Oh, Chase. Oh, Chase. You'll just get a hook I get. No. That? Yeah. Yeah. we got a suckers. Hope. No kidding. Come on, dish it out. Time's a wasting. What's the matter? You grabbing already? <laughs> <laughs> Climbing, me Give me yeah, Give me here. How much you got there, Soapy? Let me see. Ten. Twenty, thirty, thirty-five. Gee, 35. Gee, I'm going 100 there. 100, and nothing. We're in the big chips now. Whoa, what a haul. Well, what a haul, man. Yeah. Six ways. Don't forget six ways. Look at his neck. No, your you'll get yours. What are you, grabbing already? Come oh, on, give me a shell. Come, come on, give me, Sophie. Come on. Oh, that looks very nice. Green bag.
10: Come on, give me a oh. shell. We split half, all right? Come on, yeah. Give me a shell. Come on, I got a Come on, You bunch
5: of chiselers. Stick them up. Give me another.
3: You're all covered.
5: Hey, give us a break, Mister. We wasn't even there. We didn't have nothing
1: to do with it.
3: Say your prayers, mugs. On a level, Mister. not. up, rats. Stop your squealing. Who's the leader? I am. Come here. Collect that dough, and fast. Come on, hand it over. Need so? Come on. Yeah. Now get him up and turn around.
5: Hey, what's the matter? Hey, what's the matter?
3: Next time you roll a guy for his poke, make sure you don't know your hideout. How'd you know? Come
1: here, suckers.
5: Hey, how do you know this place so good? Yeah, I
3: yeah, do no. you. I'm going
5: to show you. Here. Look at this. Oh, Rex. Hey, you ain't... You ain't Rocky Sullivan. Rocky Sullivan? Wow. Hey, did you get that? It's Rocky Sullivan. And we tried to hook you. What a boner. Yeah, get some the minute you saw us duck down the alley, you knew he was heading for the hideout.
3: Yeah, and I took the old shortcut. What do they call you?
5: Soapy's the name. This guy's Bim. This mug here's Swing. Hi. Oh, yeah. This bloke up here's Hunky. Hi, Rocky. And this guy, might- And yeah, I'm pasty. And this guy's Crab But well, We just call him Crab for short. Hi. Great to meet you, Rocky. Ha. Fellas, meet Rocky Sullivan. Headliner. Hi, Rocky. 카- Hi, Hi right. right no like, Rocky. I mean. Hey, Rocky. Look, gold. Hey, Rocky. Hey, we took the room above us, number 24,
8: didn't
5: you? Yeah. Uh, sure, sure, we knew. You knew when you rolled me I was living there? Sightly, sightly, Johnny Maccioni told us. Yeah, but he didn't tell us who you was.
3: You still shouldn't have taken a chance. Never bother anybody in your own neighborhood. You kids got a lot to learn. Well, then you ought to be able to line us, Rocky. Now look. How'd you like to have a bite with me?
5: <laughs>
3: Here's a friend. Get down to Delicatessen and get some sandwiches and pickles. Pickles. And some beer bring them over to my place. We'll have a feast.
0: Now Rocky is sort of a folk hero to the gang, and Father Jerry thinks that Rocky can do some good for the kids and possibly steer them down a positive path. Rocky even gets the kids to participate in a basketball game at the rec center, though it's more like a bunch of animals in a zoo instead of an actual game.
5: Come on, fellas, let's wipe up the floor. Come on. Come
8: on. Come
5: on.
1: No better than that, Sophie. when till I blow the whistle?
5: Okay, let's keep going. on, Ready?
8: <laughs> oh, God! Oh, God! Oh, God!
1: Oh, hey, do why? It. Why? No, that's, uh,
8: that's it. Oh, oh, come on! Come on! Come on! Take it down! I got my man. Come on! Come on! Out of the come, way. Way. come
1: on! Down, oh, come on! Hey, come on! Here. Come on! Here. Come on! Here. Come on! Come
5: he didn't do nothing. He's screwy. Yeah, he didn't do nothing. Yeah, give us a break. What's the matter, Father? Can't you even shove a guy in this game? What do you mean, shove a guy? <laughs> not uh, a good. It's a
1: free throw, give no. me take it.
5: That's uh, not bad. Hey, dribble that. That big bozzard just stuck his belly out, that's all.
1: You boys know better than that. You've been committing technical fouls and personal fouls. Now stop it. You've got six men on the floor. Pasty, get off the floor. Somebody take care of that trapeze. It'll just be good date today. All right, right
3: out. Hey. Here. Watch this.
1: Make a few notes. All right, boys. Mr. Sullivan's going to reparate. No, kid, that
5: was Hi, it's so hey, don't mind no about that Go on. Go on. Go on. Okay, okay. Get off the <clears> throat> floor. Throat> come on, orphan. Now. Ow. Get going. All right? Yeah. yeah. Don't forget,
3: according to rules now, you understand? Yeah. Here we go. Wait Ready for the whistle, chump. Yeah. What's the matter with oh, you? Mean? Don't wait oh. oh. Come in. Get in here. Play ball. Ready? Yeah. Position now. Here we go. Wait for the whistle.
8: What's going on here? The million. Oh. Oh, uh, Hold on. Get out of here. Get out
5: of here. Come on. I'm let's go. Take it out. Foul. 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 Come on! Yeah. <coughs> All
3: right, Ready? wait for the, the, the whistle, whistle. You understand? Right, Here we go.
5: What a you idea! What did you been to do, Norton? What's a big idea, Rocky? That's
3: what I'm asking you. Now you play according to the rules, or I'll slap some sense into you. I didn't right, do nothing. Well, if you didn't do nothing, don't do it again. Now come on, give me that ball. Here we go. <whistles> right, come on, hey, Rocky.
5: Stop so it! <whistles> Hey, Ben! Hey, where hey, hey, you running? Get away! Personal foul. Feature over here.
8: I didn't do nothing.
5: Hey, foul! Foul! What did he do? Hit me?
1: Foul! A ball over here. Yeah.
5: Team. Oh. Look, Paul, are you guys gonna play according to the rules or not? Okay, Rocky. According to the rules, fellas. Got me? According
1: to the
0: rules. What's hilarious to watch is Rocky basically beats up the kids when they attempt to manhandle the other team. He thinks nothing of slapping or tripping one of the dead end kids. Especially when they're out of line. Today, Rocky, we'd be back in the joint for child abuse from child protective services. While Father Jerry thinks Rocky could be good for the kids, Lori is much more cautious with her praise of Rocky because she remembers how he was as a kid and everything he did prior to being released from prison. However, Rocky is becoming smitten with Lori and walks her home after the basketball game. Rocky doesn't realize that at first he's being tailed by Fraser's men while chatting with Lori. However, eventually catches on that Fraser's men are trying to bump him off.
1: Too much traffic. We gotta wait for a better opening. I trail him slow. We'll get him.
8: Well,
1: here we are. Here we
3: go. Look, honey. Thank God this is where you live. Say good night to me and go on inside. Well,
5: what's the matter? I'm wrong. Will you
3: stop asking questions. Go on in. Beat it.
5: Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, good night, Rocky, and thanks for bringing me home. night, Eddie. Rocky, please be careful.
1: just went in the
3: drugstore. Can I help you, sir? I don't think so. Uh, cherry coke.
1: Cool. You go in and keep the place cleared out. I don't like the setup. Ed, we got to figure out something. Now, the guy's heel. He's in too good a spot. We go in the front, he swings around and starts pumping. It's no good. Good evening. Good evening. We get him in the phone book where he can't move. Ed. Pop in the delicatessen. Bring the drugstore and ask for Sullivan. Be sure and leave the receiver off the hook. Now, if he falls for it, we are Okay. How about my prescription? Why, when did you leave it? Yesterday. My brother brought it. Well, what is the name? Peterson. Excuse me, I'll see you. Hello, Nadler Drugstore. Who? Just a minute. You Rocky Sullivan? Yeah. You want it on the telephone.
5: Hello? Rocky, someone's speaking. All the line.
1: He fell for it. Ed, yes, hop in the car and keep close. Let's go. Get in
6: that back room. Keep your mouth shut and your eyes closed. Get it? Come yes. on, get going. I'll have it. Dr. Nurse. Give me that canister.
3: Now back up. Come on, fast. Now get in there and get in deep. Pass it on phones.
0: So Rocky got one of Frazier's men to go into the phone booth, and that's who was shot by the other guys. Rocky sneaks out the back door and escapes. Frazier's men don't realize they shot one of their own guys.
1: Hello, Frazier. This is Bugs. Everything's fixed. We got him. That's good. All right, drop out of sight for a couple of days.
3: Rocky, I ain't dead yet. Give me those keys. Get
1: going. I'm open it up. I didn't have anything to do with it, Rocky. I swear to you, I... I didn't. I ought to give it a right in the head. But you owe me a hundred grand, I gotta get that you. Yes, of course it's yours, but I've only got about 2,000 here. I can get you the rest later. Shut up and quick, Paul, and get it open. Get away from there.
3: Save these, too, huh? You're a smart lawyer, Fraser. A little too smart for your own good. Two grand.
1: Yeah, that's all there is. There's some security there and some bonds. Get out of here. Get over there and sit down.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Broad Street National, 280,000, farmers and merchants. 160,000. Industrial Trust, 65,000. Done very all right, Fraser. Very all right. I'm mighty proud of you.
1: Now, why shouldn't I be? We're partners, ain't we? Of course, Rocky. Of course. Just like we said three years ago, huh? Now, let's see. Well, that's nothing. Just some a Now, relax.
3: Ah, we're collecting autographs, huh? Well, some pretty important. Well, some very important people. Some officials here might be interesting to know more about. Paid off just about everybody in town, haven't you? And made him a sign, too. That's why he held a club over them, huh? Well, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm gonna take this with me and study up on him. One partner should know what the other one's doing, shouldn't he? Huh? Of course. Now of course. Uh, what's Keeper's number?
1: Circle 0500.
3: His private number. That's it. Dial. It. Now look. You're gonna get on eh? And you're gonna tell Keeper I'm coming up there in the morning. And he's to give me that hundred grand, you get it? And no wrong cracks, or I'll cut you off short. Got that too? Yeah. Come on. Hello, Mac. This is Rocky. Hey, surprise, surprise. No, I ain't down no more. Just one of your own boys. Say, look, Fraser's here. He wants to talk to you. Go ahead.
1: Hello, Mac. Rocky'll be up the El Toro in the morning. About 11 o'clock. That'll give him time to get to the bank. 11 o'clock. That'll give you time to get to the bank. I want you to take $100,000 out of my personal account and give it to him. What's up? Is he holding you? Tell him yes. Yes. You've got to do it, Mac. You understand? You've got to do it. Okay, I'll give it to him. Then tell him no slip-ups. It's very important to you. No slip-ups, Mac. It's very important to me. Okay, okay, I said I'd give it to
3: him. Come on. Oh, Mac, I that get you out of bed? Oh, I'm so sorry. I think he saw.
0: So that last scene was inspired by a real-life gang war with Vincent Mad Dog Call and Dutch Schultz, where Call was shot to death by Schultz's men at a pharmacy telephone booth when Schultz found out the schedule of his calls to Call's girlfriend. So, Rocky gets his 100 grand from Mac the next day, and Mac attempts to outsmart Rocky by calling the cops on Rocky, saying that he shook down Frazier for the cash. When the police attempt to search and question Rocky for the cash, they find nothing because Rocky has given the money to Soapy and the dead end kids to stash. Frazier is incensed that Mac put the police on Rocky because Rocky had all the info on Frazier when he took it from the safe the night before.
1: Lawyer Thank you, sir. Entry! Entry! Two-Gun Rocky, help!
5: Entry! Entry! Two-Gun Rocky Sullivan, well-known gangster and bad man, perpetrated the snatch and received the money. Rocky Sullivan evidently returned directly to his boyhood hunts following his release and had been in the district only a few days before he kidnapped James Fraser, the prominent attorney and playboy. Ransom asked was a hundred thousand smackers. Boy, you oh. don't find that in poor boxes. Yeah, so, leave it at Rocky, hey, boy. I bet that goes in the envelope. Maybe it is, so what? So the kid has an idea. And if Rocky does go up, it all belongs to us. That envelope goes to Rocky, see? Even if it got away 20 years.
3: You won't have to wait that long.
5: Rocky! Hey, hey Rocky! Hello, Glad to see you. We were just talking about hey, you. What happened? you break out? No, I walked out. <laughs> it says in the papers that you will... Was... leave believe what you read in the papers. First you're in and then you're out. Boy, they certainly can't hold you, Rocky.
3: <laughs>
5: Come on. Where's that envelope? I got it, I got it. All right, let's have it. Yeah, wait a minute, Rocky. I'll get it for you. Yeah, Rocky, just like you give it to me, huh? Hey, that's the hundred grand of paper said you got, ain't it?
3: Asking questions again, huh? Listen. Some of these days you're gonna stick your nose in, you're gonna get something in it. Well, I only thought it was... Shut up! Now, look. You don't know anything about this, see? Huh? No. No, no, I don't know nothing. But you do know what guys get who talk. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Now, look. That goes to the rest of you. You understand? Sight
1: sure, in. All right, now we're pals.
3: Put it there, Rocky. All right, Sophie. Here you are. (whistles) Cut that up any way you like. It's okay, I just saw it made. (laughs) Oh,
5: thanks, Rocky. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the guys talking either, because we once had a squealer in the gang, but. Now he ain't got no teeth in his mind, you okay. see. <laughs> I'll see
8: you in a couple of days. Hey,
0: Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky ends up giving the dead-end kids about 300 bucks in total, which was a huge sum of money back then, even for an adult, let alone a teenager. So each kid gets 50 bucks, and Soapy takes 100, since he was the one who had to hide the 100 grand for Rocky. Unfortunately, kids will be kids, and instead of laying low with their newfound wealth, they go crazy and start spending and gambling their cash like it's burning a hole in their pockets. Much to the dismay of Father Jerry. Two, get you one, here,
1: five, get you ten here, all covered. Hey. Come on, put it in. Where'd you get the dough, We broke Santa
5: Claus, see? And then we woke up this morning, maybe it wasn't our socks. Yeah, all pets covered. Come on, boys. Hey, come on. Here. come on. Here. come on. Come on give me another one. what do you mean another one? Me it was five bucks. Me What's the matter? trying to jip the kid or
4: something? No, he owes me five bucks. Shut yeah, up. Uh, five more. Oh, come on. Put it down there. Come on. Sit around, right, dirty right? table bag of eight, baby.
5: Yeah, you got to make these shots, you know. There's ball in the corner. Okay. All right. Hey, bury that, people.
11: You pull in your head and
5: Come ah. the table. Right. Not a tree pull up the corner. Oh, Order, God, boy. Eight bucks! Eight bucks, not bad! Boy, my mother has to work almost all week to make this much. Give, give, give. All right, all right. Oh, gamblers died broke. Hey, Sophie, you promised us another round of beers if you want. Okay, go on,
1: bring
5: up another case. That's the difference.
1: Those chums are paying for it. What is this, a raid? No. Maybe they're going to make a Sunday school out of it. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Come on, I'll, I'll take two. two. I got that Give
5: me two. Give me,
1: I got it. Oh, no,
11: I don't
1: think so. You two boys going over to the gym and start that game? Sure, Father. We just wanted to see what was going on in here. Come on, Joe. Come on, kids. Let's go to the gym. a party, something? Everybody invited? Yeah. Why don't you give me over to the gym? That's what happened in here. What about that return game, you
5: asked for? Hey, small change. Double that better on that shot, okay?
1: Okay, Joe Morta.
4: Where'd you get this money you've been spending? Has anything I've told you for the last three years meant anything to you? What makes you think that hanging around pool rooms spending this kind of money with a lot of hoodlums, is going to get you any place but jail? Come on, fellas, what do you say? Why not go with me and we'll figure this whole thing out? Come on, let's go with the gym. How about it, Spring? I don't know, Father.
9: Oh, I got a sore leg.
1: What do you say, Bim?
5: Oh, Father, there ain't no future in playing basketball.
2: How about you fellas?
1: Can a guy even have any fun? It's a waste of time.
4: Look, father.
5: We don't fall for that pine guy the sky stuff no more, see?
0: Yep, Father Jerry isn't afraid to knock a guy out if they mess with him either. Ah, the good old days. That night, Rocky decides to take Lori out for a Night on the Town, which includes Mac and Frazier's club. Rocky meets with Mac and Frazier to finalize the original deal that Rocky had with Frazier, which was half of Frazier's earnings in the club. Rocky decides to give $10,000 to Father Jerry to build a new rec center for the kids. However, Father Jerry is apprehensive about the donation, knowing that the money is likely dirty. He gives it back to Rocky saying he can't morally accept it. And even though the community could use the funds, Father Jerry can in good conscience accept it and take the easy way out, all while trying to teach the kids to do the right thing in life. He also lets Rocky know that he's going to work to bring down the gangsters that are infesting the town, and that includes Rocky. Alright, so what happens? Does Father Jerry make good on his plans to clean up the town? And does Rocky continue to act as a role model to the dead-end kids? Will Rocky ever go on the straight and arrow? Well, it's all answered in the final 30 minutes, and this is one of the top classic films in the 1930s gangster pics, and the acting and the story are just terrific. And as an added treat, I have the radio adaptation at the end of this episode, which has both Cagney and O'Brien reprising their roles. However, you should definitely see the film if you haven't already. Also, the ending of the film is extremely well done, and it's open for interpretation. The lighting and the direction by Curtiz is fabulous, along with the brilliant performances by Cagney and O'Brien. It is truly top-notch. All right, some fun facts. So the film was nominated for three Oscars. So Cagney was nominated for Best Actor, Curtiz was nominated for Best Director, and then Roland Brown was nominated for Best Original Story. However, none of them won. Curtiz that year was nominated for two films, the other one being Four Daughters. So, Spencer Tracy won Best Actor for Boys Town, Frank Capper won for Best Director for You Can't Take It With You, and then the story went to Boys Town as well. Now, to play Rocky, James Cagney drew up on his memories of growing up in New York's Yorkville, which was a tough ethnic neighborhood on the Upper East Side, just south of Spanish Harlem. His main inspiration was the drug-addicted pimp who stood on the street corner all day hitching his trousers and twitching his neck and repeating, What do you hear? What do you say? Those mannerisms came back to haunt Cagney, because he later wrote in his autobiography, I did those gestures maybe six times in the picture, and that was over 30 years ago, and the Impressionists have been doing me doing that ever since. So while filming Rocky's shootout with the police, one scene called for James Cagney to be right at the opening as machine gun bullets took out the windows above his head. At this point in his career, Cagney had experience with the unpredictability of using live gunfire, and he later recalled that, Common sense or a hunch made him wary about that particular scene, as he finally decided to tell Michael Curtiz to shoot the scene in process. As Cagney walked away, the professional machine gunner, a man named Burke, fired shots, and one of the bullets ricocheted, hitting a steel edge of the window and going right through the wall where Cagney's head had been. Now, this experience convinced Cagney that flirting this way with real bullets was ridiculous. All right, as I had mentioned, I have an old-time radio performance of Angels with Dirty Faces. This is from the Lux Radio Theater from May 22nd, 1939, so enjoy that. And I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection.
6: From Hollywood, California, the Lux Radio Theater presents James Cagney and Pat O'Brien with Gloria Dixon in Angels with Dirty Faces.
8: Lux
2: presents Hollywood. It's melodrama we bring you tonight... in the gripping chapters of Angels with Dirty Faces. The story of an obscure priest... and a front-page lawbreaker... enacted by Pat O'Brien and James Cagney... with Gloria Dixon. Our drama is an adaptation of the great screen success... filmed by Warner Brothers. Our orchestra is under the direction of Louis Silvers. And as special guest... you'll hear the celebrated writer and authority on crime... Courtney Riley Cooper... And now, a word about our product. Have you ever heard a woman say this about another woman? She certainly isn't a bit pretty, and yet she's she's so attractive. Usually, it's very hard to say just what it is that makes one woman more attractive than another. So many things may be part of a woman's charm. Here's what Ginger Rogers says. Naturally, every woman wants romance, admiration. Yet many a woman who could be attractive loses out because she neglects daintiness. I always use Luxe Toilet Soap as a bath soap, too. It makes a wonderful beauty bath. This nice soap has active lather that leaves skin fresh, delicately fragrant. Try it for your daily beauty bath. It leaves skin sweet, protects daintiness. And now, the producer of the Luxe Radio Theater. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille.
12: Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to consult an atlas for the map of Ireland... ...if either of tonight's stars happen to be handy. For in the honest faces of both James Cagney... ...and William Joseph Patrick O'Brien... ...are indelibly sketched the rugged contours of the Emerald Isle. There's a striking similarity, too, in the careers they've led. Both came to Hollywood from Broadway... ...both at about the same time. Both broke into big-time show business as chorus boys. Both can sing you a tune in the traditional tenor of the Irish, or if you prefer, both can play it for you on a piano. Both are stars at Warner Brothers Studio, through whose courtesy, both are here tonight. And their most successful collaboration is tonight's drama, Angels with Dirty Faces. Pat O'Brien's training for our play started at the age of nine, when he attempted his first dramatic part and played an angel. Mr. Cagney's early years were spent in practically the same tough precincts that you'll hear about in Angels with Dirty Faces. Jimmy used to dive off docks for a swim in New York's East River, and the boy who taught him how was later signed up for an extended engagement at the big house. When our Bantam star came to pictures, he required no instruction in fist swinging. The story is that between the ages of 11 and 17, Jimmy could never go to sleep at night unless he'd taken part during the day in at least one fight. Later, he used his right hand to play semi-professional baseball and hoped that someday it would hold the brush of a portrait painter, an ambition that has never been fulfilled. Pat O'Brien came to the footlights by way of Marquette University and the United States Navy. In New York, he shared a boarding house room with Spencer Tracy and the desperate responsibility of raising $5 a week for the rent. Off the screen, he's famous for his fund of anecdotes and his love of sports. Pat tonight plays Jerry Connolly. Mr. Cagney is Rocky Sullivan. Rocky Sullivan and a very lovely young lady, Miss Gloria Dixon, is heard as Laurie. Her new starring role for Warner Brothers is in Waterfront. We ring up the curtain now, and the Lux Radio Theater presents Angels with Dirty Faces, starring James Cagney and Pat O'Brien with Gloria Dixon. A dead-end street in the slum district of a great American city. On the corner, weaving in and out of the maze of pushcarts. A newsboy calls the headlines of the afternoon edition.
2: Rocky Sullivan Preen, Rocky Sullivan Gangster, Bring today, three-year time ended. Rocky Sullivan.
12: Further down the dark canyon of tenements stands a church. In the soft light streaming through the stained glass windows, Father Connolly leads the afternoon rehearsal of the boys' choir.
4: Very good, boys. You can go now. Next week at the same
8: time. Hey, who do you think you're pushing? Yeah. When I get you outside, I'll marble Hey, you and my arm. Me and no one.
3: Yeah.
4: yeah. Afternoon, Father. Well, son, what's troubling you?
3: Oh, nothing much, Father. Only been bothering me about 15 years. Uh, Why'd you ever do with those fountain pens? We snatched them in that freight car that night. What? Rocky! Rocky, Sullivan, Rocky, you old... (laughs) Hiya, Jerry. What do you hear? What do you say? Oh, I'm fine. How are you, Rocky? All right. Don't let this paleness fool you. Well, same old place, huh? Fifteen years and it hasn't changed a bit. Remember old Father Boyle's vestry, Rocky? Remember it. He used to stand right where you are and ball a sorrow out of me. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to ball you out. All I'm going to kick about is, why'd you stop writing to me? Oh, I'll be reasonable, Jerry. You know what happens to letters you write in prison. Everybody in the warden down to the screws reads them. And <laughs> what did I have to write about? Nothing happened while I was inside, and when I was outside, well, I figured you could always read the newspapers. It was always on the front page.
4: Yes. Yes,
3: I read all the newspapers, Rocky. Say, Jerry, I, I always knew your, your mother wanted you to be ordained a priest, and I guess the only thing ever kept you back was me, but uh, how would you finally come to do it? What gave you the idea? Oh, I don't know, Rocky. I
4: was, was riding along on the top of a bus one day, and... Passing St.
3: Patrick's Cathedral, looking down. <laughs> Just got the idea, I guess. I got an idea on top of a bus once. Got me six years. <laughs> Come in.
10: Say, Father, you're supposed to be down at the store. The fellows are all waiting for you.
3: Oh, yes. Uh,
4: run along. Tell them I'll be right over. Tell them to get started in the meantime.
10: Okay, Father.
4: Say, uh, what's the store a like Jerry? You got the kids shilling for at parish? <laughs> uh, no. No, it's a pet scheme of my own. I, I rented a store, Rocky, a kind of a recreation center for the kids. Oh, it's sort of a kindergarten place, huh? No, oh, no, it's more than that. For the older fellas, too. Oh, you know, it's helped tremendously to keep a lot of
3: those kids from becoming... You mean uh, becoming mugs like uh, mugs like me, for instance? <laughs> uh, will you be staying here for some time, Rocky? Oh, I don't know, I don't know, Jerry. It depends on little business I got to take care of. Anyway, I got to find a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not around here, right in the parish? Well, why not? No place like home, is there? Uh-huh. All right. Come on. I'll walk down the street with you.
5: All right, good. Come on, throw the ball over here. I'll slap your ears
3: down. Come on, fellas. Well, well, fifteen years. Same old smell. I bet they ain't cleaned this alley since I left it. Hey, Jerry, remember to tell me swiped those pens? We beat it up that alley and right over the fence, huh? <laughs> yeah.
4: Yes, I got away. You got caught. <laughs> i never could run as fast as you. <laughs> You know, I've often wondered, Rocky, what if I'd been the boy who'd been caught that day? Well, you wasn't. No. No, I
8: wasn't.
3: Uh, uh, Rocky, why don't you drop in here at Mrs. Magione? She's got some furnished rooms. Mrs. Magione, I remember her. We took a lot of good lead pipe out of our basement. <laughs> well, I'll drop around a more if you want me to. I swear. Oh, gee, Rocky, it's great to see you. Uh, you too. You too, Father. Well, so long. So long, Jerry. Yes, what is it? I want to find out about it. Hey, you ain't Mrs. Maggioni.
11: No, she's out. Just taking over till she gets back. What is it you want, please?
3: I, uh, I want a room.
11: Oh, well, there's one right down the hall this way. Oh, thanks. You know, there's something about your face that's kind of familiar.
3: Nah, you are just been reading the funny papers. No, I mean that... Listen, sister. All I want is a room.
11: Oh, well, that's fine with me. Here it is. Mrs. Maggione will give it a good cleaning.
3: That's all right. I've seen wise places.
11: Yeah, I guess you have. How'd you happen to come to this house?
3: Oh, you want references, huh? Well, an old friend of mine sent me, Jerry Conley.
11: Father Jerry? Wait a minute, I get it now. You're Rocky Sullivan. Yeah, that's me. You remember me? I'm Laurie Martin.
3: Laurie Martin? That fresh you with the long pigtails... Well, for crying out loud! Hiya, Laurie.
11: Yeah, remember the time about fifteen years ago when you pulled my hat down over my eyes and I said I'd get even?
3: No, I don't remember that.
11: No, oh, well I do. Hey, what? The... Hey, come back here! Cigarettes, cigars, cigarettes.
1: I'm sorry, sir. But you must dress in El Toro. These clothes will do. But only people in the evening
3: dress are admitted. Yeah, what started. goes
7: on here for you? This gentleman wants this to. This gentleman
3: wants to see Jim Fraser. Who? Oh. Jim Fraser, your boss, the guy who owns this joint. Where yeah. is he? Who are you? Rocky Sullivan. Mean anything to you? Yeah, come on. Hey, boss, Rocky Sullivan's here.
6: Rocky Sullivan. Tell him I'm not in. Tell him. Hello, Fraser. Oh, Rocky. Well, uh, all right, Steve, get back the job. Well. This, uh, this is a surprise, Rocky. Yeah. I uh, had the date on my calendar, but I thought you got out next month. Otherwise, I'd have been down to meet you. Oh, that's all right. Nice looking place you got here. Looks like you're in the money. Uh, you uh, you know Mac Kiefer? Yeah, I
3: heard of him. Got the town tied up. can buy it and sell it, huh? <laughs> well, we don't buy it. We just sell it. Uh, sit down. Thanks. Got that dough, Fraser? Dough? Yeah, dough. When I took the rap for you three years ago, you had a hundred grand of mine. Oh, yeah, yeah,
6: sure. Uh, It'll be a matter of only a few days, the end of the week. You don't have to worry about it, Rocky.
3: I'm not worried about it. I'll take a few days getting settled. I'll give you time to get that dough together and figure out where I come in.
6: Where you come in?
3: What do you mean? Which racket you want me to take care of, which section of town, and how much my cut is. Your cut? Yeah, we're partners, ain't we? You and me. That was the idea, wasn't it? I take the wrap, you take the dough, use it to make connections for both of us.
6: Wasn't that it? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, but... uh you got things a little mixed up, Rocky. You see, Mac Kiefer's the boss. If you want a spot in the business, you've got to take it up with him. Nah, no, I don't take it up with
3: nobody but you, Fraser. I'm picking up with you where I left off. That was the idea, and we're going to stick to it.
6: You understand? Well, of course, but... Uh... But what? Uh, oh, come
9: in, Mac. Thanks. This is Mac Kiefer, Rocky. Mac, I want you to meet Rocky Sullivan. Well, I'm pleased to meet you, Sullivan. I know all about you. You're okay. When did you get out? This morning. Fine. What are you doing? Around. Well, maybe I might have a spot for you. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about. Uh, where are you stopping, Rocky?
3: I got a room over in my old neighborhood on Dock Street, uh, number 24. Well, um, I'll beat it now. I'll be up, say, uh, first thing Monday. Okay?
9: Monday?
6: Yeah, yeah, that'll be fine, Rocky. All right. Uh, night, Mr. Keefer.
9: Good night, good night, good night. <laughs> Wait a minute. What is this, Fraser? That guy looking for a cut? He's looking for
6: something, but it's okay, don't worry. Hello. Get me, Steve. Hey, what are you going to do? Leave it to me, will you? Yeah, but don't trip. Hello, Steve. Listen, that Sullivan guy just left. Put a couple of the boys on him. Tell him to watch their chance. Well, what else would I mean? We don't want that guy around.
10: Come on, come on. Fork over that two cents. Ah, that wasn't seven. Oh, it was so. Give him the two cents. Shut up, Johnny. Now listen, Bim, give me that two cents or I'll take it out of your hide, see? Uh, here. Yeah, you better. Hey. Hey, look who's coming. Hey, Johnny. Ain't that guy the new tenant upstairs? Yeah, that's him. Start playing with a ball, Bim. We'll give him a wait. What wait, Sophie? Ah, you dope. Bump into him. Keep him busy for a second. I'll frisk him. Oh, okay. Okay, Bim. Give him a rush. Hey, give me that ball. Hey, wow!
5: <laughs> hey, what's the matter with you? Don't go pushing now. I'll ah, you some. what? You what?
3: Oh. <laughs> Tough
11: guy, huh? Yeah. Hey, Bib, give me that ball. Try and get it. Yeah, <laughs> come on, swing. Hey, let's on, get that, on, that with you. That. <laughs> hey. Hey, you kids. Why, what's the matter, Mr. Sullivan? What?
3: Those kids just rolled me. Mm-hmm. Made me me wallet.
11: <laughs> the great Mr. Sullivan. Well, that's too bad. Oh, no, it ain't. I'm going right over and
3: get it back. How much, somebody, Sophie? How much?
10: Twenty? Twenty-five? Thirty-five? Gee, what a roll. There must be more than a hundred bucks there. Yeah, a hundred oh, nothing. Yeah. We're in a big dough now. What a haul. Six ways, don't forget. Six ways. Yeah, don't worry, you'll get yours,
5: crab face. All right, get him up. Hey, what is this? Hey, Hi, him! look
10: right. out. Say your prayers, mugs. Hey, mister, give us a break. I wouldn't even dare. Yeah. Me neither. Shut up, you rat. Stop your squealing. All right, you
3: chumps. <laughs> I'm not carrying no rod. But next time you try to hook a poke, make sure the guy doesn't know your hideout.
10: Yeah. Yeah, wise guy. How did you know?
3: Come here, sucker. You see that door? See those initials carved in the middle, RS? That's me.
10: You... Say, wait a minute. Hey, you ain't Rocky Sullivan. Rocky Sullivan, can you imagine? He's trying to hook you What a boner. Yeah, I guess the minute you saw us duck in the alley, you knew we were heading for the hideout. Yeah, I took the shortcut. What'd I call you? Sophie, this squirt here is Bim. This a Swing. This palooka is hunky. I'm red. This is crab face. Crab for oh, sure. Kind of Glad to right meet you, here. Rocky. Shut up, fellas. I want you to meet Rocky Sullivan. Hi, Hi you, Rocky. You okay? you do? Say, hey. you took the room above us, didn't you? Number 24? Yeah, and you knew all the time I was living there? Sure,
3: Johnny Maggioni hmm. told us. And you took a chance like that. Look, kids, never bother anybody who lives in your own neighborhood. you got an awful lot to learn.
9: Well, you ought to be able to dish it out. <laughs>
3: yeah, sure, sure. Hey, who's that? Where is it? Hiya, Jerry. Hello, Rocky. What do you, hear? What do you say? Oh, Laurie told me you were heading this way. Yeah.
4: <laughs> know these kids, Jerry?
9: Sure. Sure I do.
4: Hello, Sophie. Hiya, Father. Well, it didn't take you boys and Rocky long to get acquainted, did it?
9: Hey, looks like you and the Father are old pals, huh, Rocky?
3: <laughs> take a look at that door again. Right next to my name's the initial J.C. That's Jerry Conley. No kidding. Hey, uh-huh. you mean, Father, do you used to hang out down here with Rocky? Oh, well, we certainly did. Of
4: course, just now, we all hang out at the store, you know. I, uh... And I kind of hope you boys will be
3: down at the store today for the basketball game, maybe get into the block team.
10: Nah, we're pretty busy today. What's the
3: matter, Soapy? Why don't you want to get down to the game? Sounds like it ought to be good.
10: Not for Pete's sake, what do we look like, cream puffs or something? Playing around with a basketball all of a sudden. Well, I tell you what, tell you what,
3: I'll bet you a buck to a plug nickel none of you can get the ball past the other team. And I haven't even seen him. Go on.
10: We've run him into the ground. Yeah, yeah. Hey, will you come down, Rocky? Yeah, sure. Okay, I got a nickel, and we'll take you up on that bet,
5: Rocky. Sure, yeah. We'll
10: yeah. all split the women. Hey, Fair wait enough. a minute. We ought to at least have a chance to practice up first. All, all, right,
4: all right, boys. That's fine. The store's open. You can go over right now.
10: Okay, fellas. Let's yeah, go. we see you down there.
4: Go ahead,
3: kids. See you there.
4: <laughs> well, the young devils. I've worked on them for over a year, and I got nowhere. After 10 minutes with you, I guess they'd jump through a hoop if you told them to.
3: Maybe it's because I wear my collar frontwards. <laughs>
4: Maybe. Well, since you've been sponsoring my store, suppose we go over and see it. I want to show you my library, too. Lori takes care of that. Lori, say, what's she doing down there? What is she, a social worker? <laughs> no, not exactly. But she's worked awfully hard helping me run things. You ready?
3: Yeah, sure. Let's go. Come on. Well game, ain't it? Yeah. You know, I have been meaning to tell you, kid. Uh, yeah, you didn't turn out to be such a bad-looking dish. Thanks. We're a social worker. But uh, you know, I can't figure out why some smart guy hadn't snatched you off. What do you mean? Some smart guy who's been in all the headlines? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, well, I gotta beat it. Uh, you gonna buy the house? Yeah. Okay, come on. Walk mm. down with you.
10: Hey, Rocky, watch out for that dame. She's a jinx. They put her last guy six feet under. Huh? Yeah, no kidding. They laid him out.
3: Oh! Shut up. Come on, Lori. Say, uh, what does what Soapy mean by that crack about you? Uh, you and some guy.
11: Oh, he, he meant Dan, my husband. He got it, huh? Yeah, four years ago. What happened? Well, what happens when a guy gets mixed up with a bunch of cheap yeggs? You ought to know.
3: What kind of guy was he?
11: He was a swell guy when we were first married. But he wanted more than he could get driving a cab. There was a lot of easy money to be picked up using the cab on some jobs. So so we got in deeper. One night, they tried to shoot it out with the cops. What always happens,
3: isn't it? Yeah, maybe, but people who don't know their business, small time, is it? That... Hey. What's the matter? Who belongs to that blue sedan parked down the street?
11: Well, oh. oh, I don't know. Nobody around here.
3: Yeah, that's what I thought. Laurie, is, is that old stone wall still up between these two houses?
11: Well, yeah, but.
3: Yeah. Now, good look, look. Make out this is your house and say good night to me and beat it in.
11: Well, Rocky. Don't what... ask
3: any questions. Do what I tell you. Good night, kids. See you tomorrow.
11: Rocky, that car's moving. It's coming this way. Get going, Willie. Get go on. Beat it, Rocky. <laughs>
6: Who is it? All right, all right. You don't have to.
3: Rocky. Move back, Fraser. That's right. One phony move, and I'm going to let you have it. Rocky. I... Yeah, I ain't dead yet. I knew all I could get behind. It was kind of handy. Lucky me, huh? I didn't have anything to do with it, Rocky. It's the truth, Rocky. I swear to heaven. I ought to give it to you now, Fraser. Rocky, you can't, you can't. Stop crawling. You got me hooked for a hundred grand. I'm going to get that for you. Sure, sure, of
6: course, eh? It's yours. I'll get it for you. All right, go ahead. Well, I, I haven't got it here. You don't think I keep that much around. I'll, I'll prove it to you, Rocky. I got a few thousand here in the safe. You're welcome to that, and I'll get you the rest. Shut up and get it open. Here. Here, you can see for yourself. Sit
3: down. There, there isn't very much. Get over there and sit down. Hmm.
6: Two grand. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Uh, those securities, I own some bonds. I
3: don't forward bonds. What's in this book?
6: Oh, that's that's just oh, a... Oh,
3: Been Collecting autographs, huh? Oh, some pretty important... Some very important people. Oh, that's nothing, Rocky. It's it's just a few receipts, that's all. Yeah, quite a few. And from a couple of city officials, I might be interested in know more about. Yeah, looks like you've been paying off the whole town. And you made him sign. That's how you held a club over them, huh, Fraser? Well, maybe I'd better hold the club. I'll keep this little book. Make things easier all the way around. Now, listen, you... What's Keeper's number? His private number. Come on. Circle 0500. Now, look, I'll put you on, and you tell him I'll be up in the morning and that you want him to pay me that 100 grand. You got it? Yeah. All right, and one wrong crack, just one, and you won't have to do any more talking. Hello, Keeper? This is Rocky Sullivan. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Now, I ain't no morgue. Wait a minute. Fraser wants to talk to you.
6: Here. Hello, Mac. Rocky Sullivan will be at the El Toro in the morning. Eleven o'clock. That'll give him time to get to the bank. At eleven o'clock. I want you to give him $100,000 on my account. Mac, you'll do it, won't you? You've got to. Okay, and, and no slip ups, Mac.
3: Tell him it's important. Important to you. It's important. Important to me. Well, you're all set. Not yet, I ain't. I'll be set when I get that dough. Will you get it in the morning? Yeah. But just in case I don't, I want to know where I can reach you. I'll be here. No, no, I don't think so. I got a spot all picked out for you. A little apartment over on 8th Street. You're staying right there till I collect. Well, you can't do that. Get your hat, Fraser.
6: I don't know whether you know it, but this is kidnapping, Rocky. No kidding. Get your hat.
2: curtain falls on the first act of Angels with Dirty Faces. Our stars, James Cagney and Pat O'Brien with Gloria Dixon, will be back shortly, now in our brief intermission before Act Two. In the little white bungalow where the Smiths live, there's a family argument going on.
5: Sake, Bobby, haven't you finished your practicing yet? No, I haven't, and what's more, I won't be
10: finished for a whole half hour. You're just being mean, and you know it. You know I'm expecting Bill and Gus. Yeah, and I know you're in love, and I know he's in love, and I know he's always hanging around, and I know. Oh, Bobby, please don't tease me. Aw, <laughs> oh, gee, sis. Now, now, don't cry. I'm sorry. Honest, I am. I'm glad I got a sister that's beautiful and and the people fall in love with, honest I am.
2: Yes, Bobby's secretly proud of his sister. She's one of those girls who knows it's important to make the most of her good looks. Important to take wise, regular care of her complexion. She uses Luxe Toilet Soap because its active lather does a thorough job of cleansing. Carries away every trace of dust, dirt, stale cosmetics. It's foolish to risk cosmetic skin, dullness, little blemishes, and enlarged pores. So use cosmetics all you like but use Luxe Toilet Soap regularly. It's worthwhile to care wisely for complexion beauty. Nine out of ten screen stars use Luxe Toilet Soap. Here's Mr. DeMille.
12: We continue Angels with Dirty Faces, starring James Cagney and Pat O'Brien with Gloria Dixon. (laughs) With Frasier hidden away, Rocky Sullivan collected his ransom. $100,000 from Mac Kiefer. But then Kiefer acted quickly. After being assured that Frazier was free, he called in the police, and Rocky was picked up for kidnapping.
3: Morning, Pepe. Morning, Pepe. Rocky Sullivan arrested for kidnapping. Rocky Sullivan questioned on abduction charge. Pepe.
12: Pepe. In Kiefer's office, Frazier, just returned from the apartment, sees the headlines for the first
9: time.
6: Two-gun Rocky captured, held under special guard, speedy trial assured. Mac, what is this?
9: We're going to get that dough back, that's all. Mr. Rocky Sullivan goes up on a kidnapping charge. But we can't do that. No, oh, no. I've already done it. But you don't understand.
6: Sullivan picked me up at my home. He's got everything that was in my safe. The account books, receipts, names, addresses, everything. What's that? If he's prosecuted for the kidnapping, he'll talk. And he's got evidence to back it up. The whole town will be blown wide open. Oh, are you dumb?
9: All right. What are you waiting for? Get an order for his release and withdraw the charges. Go on, go on. Come on. <laughs>
10: Rocky Sullivan had been in that district only a few days before he kidnapped James Fraser, prominent attorney and playboy. $100,000 was the amount. 100 G! Hey, maybe that's what he gave you, Soapy. What? That envelope he gave you just before the cops grabbed him.
5: Maybe that dough is in that envelope.
3: Maybe it is, Crab. Rocky! Hey, hey what is this? Rocky, what'd you do, break out? No, walk out. Yeah, but
10: it sells in the papers. Never believe
3: what you read in the papers, kid. First you're in, then you're out.
10: Boy, they certainly can't hold you, Rocky. How about the envelope, Soapy? Yeah, yeah, sure, I got it. All right, let's have it. Okay. Here you are, just like you give it to me, Rocky. Hey, is that the hundred grand of paper said you got? Listen, kids, you
3: don't know no, nothing about this, see? No, nothing. no, I don't know nothing. And you know what happens to guys that talk?
9: Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, Rocky. You know me, you all know right, me. All right, all right,
3: all right. Here you are, Soapy. Here's a little chunk of this dough. Cut it up any way you like.
10: Gee, Rocky, thanks. All right, so long. I'll, uh, I'll see you in a couple of days, kids. Okay, okay Rocky, take go on, good on, care yeah, of you it yourself. It here you go, Bim, here's your cut. Fifty
5: bucks, wow. Yeah, and the same for the rest of you. Fifty some Boy, me old man never made that much in his whole life. I'll say, what are we going to do with okay, it? Hey, this is burning a hole right through me I'm hand. i buy me a pair of coal and plate of brass
10: uh, nuts. Ah, shut up. Come on, let's yeah, get let's out of here.
8: Where
3: is it? Me, Jerry. Come on in. Hiya, Jerry. What do you always say? Well, certainly gave me a terrific scare, Rocky. Before I finished reading you were arrested, there were new headlines and you were out. Ah, oh, there was nothing to it. Any guy with a record gets hauled in now and then, you know that. Just because you got nothing better to think of.
4: Huh. Looks like the kids are right. Said no jail could hold you. Uh-oh. Who? Sophie and his mob? No, no, no. Uh-huh. Some of the other kids down at the store. Uh, Soapy and his team were supposed to play that return game today. They haven't showed up. Rocky, you wouldn't happen to know where they might be, would you? Say, what am I, Jerry, that nice maid? Oh, Rocky, I didn't mean that. Well, I just thought they might be over here, sort of celebrating your release. After all, Rocky, it's almost a hero worship with them.
3: Well, Nothing wrong with that, is there? I hope not, Rocky. Come in. Well, hello, Laurie. This is getting to be a big day.
11: Yeah, well, I don't mind admitting I was pretty worried. You were? See, I ain't
3: had nobody take that much interest in me in a long time.
11: Well, Father, I... Finally located your precious angels for you. Where? Over at Murphy's pool room. What? Yeah, Soapy and his gang. Passing out beer to all the kids in the neighborhood and throwing dollar bills around like confetti. I wonder
4: where they got the money.
11: I don't know. You, you might ask them.
4: Uh, well, I'll run along, Rocky. Mm-hmm. You coming,
11: Laurie? No, Father. I want to talk to Rocky for a minute.
4: All right. I'll see you later. Will I,
11: Laurie? Yeah.
3: Rocky. Now, wait a minute. Look, kid. If you're as smart as I think you are, and we're going to get along, you're not going to ask too many questions.
11: <laughs> don't worry. I know all the rules. I know I'm backwards.
3: All right, swell. Now, sit down a minute, will you? Maybe I had a couple of questions to myself.
11: <laughs> Rocky, uh-huh. you crazy. Uh-huh. Okay, guy. sit right down here. Come on. <laughs> sit right. Here. Come on, come on. Hey,
3: give me that chopper, hey, I'll yeah.
8: lamb your
10: ears off. <laughs> hey, the eight ball in the corner. Oh, Bucky, don't. Yeah, a Buck, I do. Well. Look out, Bim. Wow. Come on, pay hey, up, Crap. Sure. What hey, hey, Sophie, where'd you guys get on the dough? We wrote the Santa Claus. And when we woke up this morning, we found it in our shop.. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey,
4: Jesus, Jesus,
10: bother Jerry.
4: Hello, boys. Giving a party, Sopy? Uh,
10: yeah, yeah. Sure.
4: Everybody invited? Why don't you have it over at the store?
10: Well, because we're having it here.
4: Mm-hmm. How about the game today? Aren't you boys going over and get it started? How about it, Sopy? Nine ball in the corner. Come here a minute. Look at me. Where'd you get all this money you've been spending? You didn't come by it honestly, I know that. Hasn't anything I've said to you in the past few years meant anything to you? Don't you believe me when I tell you that hanging around pool rooms, spending money you've gotten in some underhand crooked way trying to be big shots and tough guys, that it won't get you anywhere except eventually in jail? What do you say, boys? Come on along with me and cut out this stuff and let's get together at the store and figure the whole thing out. Look, Father, there's nothing to figure out.
10: We're staying here. Well, all right. So long, boys. <laughs>
4: What's the matter, Father? Couldn't you get the kids to heaven with you? <laughs> I don't often have to do this. Oh. That might help you along, mister.
3: Uh, that's, uh, that's what I want to talk to you about. Uh, look, you got the wrong slant, Laurie. You've been listening to a lot of junk about crime, don't pay. Oh, don't be a sucker. That stuff's for yaps and shoestringers, not for people like us. Look, kid, you got some glad rags, you know, something fancy, an evening gown, something like that. Well, get it on. We'll step out and do a little celebrating tonight, huh?
11: What'll we be celebrating, Ron?
3: Oh, this whole business. After all, <laughs> you don't get on the front page every day, do you?
11: No. You don't get away from cops every day either, are you?
3: Yeah, you are doing. you're smart. Come on, kid. Come on, Lori. It's uptown for us. where you see those nice white lights. That's where we belong. You and me, Lori. You and me. Come on
6: 32 on the red oh, dog,
3: now, Give the lady a stack of blues Yes, sir Hey, Lucky Sullivan Yeah, what? My keeper says he'll see you now Where is he? In the office with Frazier Yeah, Lori, try your luck I got some business to do I'll be right back
9: Well, Jim owed you the dough, and it all being a misunderstanding, we decided to call it Square, Rocky. Square all around, with no hard feelings. You guys want to talk business? Yeah. All right, let's talk. Look here, Rocky, uh, what about those accounts you took from my safe? I figured out
3: as a kind of insurance. You know, just in case you guys change your mind. Okay. And what do you want, Rocky? Nothing from you, Mac, nothing. Just the original agreement between Fraser and myself. Fifty percent of his share in everything. Well? All right. And I'll take good care of those accounts. And I wouldn't try any more tricks, Fraser. Be kind of foolish. because I'm giving those books some very special attention. Good night, boys. Having a good time, honey?
11: Yeah, fine. Like this place? Why wouldn't I?
3: Well, uh, I own a piece of it now.
11: You... Rocky. Rocky, maybe you are smart enough.
3: Look, baby, how's that you give up that 2 nickel job of yours and move in here?
11: Doing what?
3: Oh, be a sort of hostess in the gambling room. Walk around in a nifty dress. Play a little. Get the swanks playing give you a hundred a week in expenses.
11: Rocky, it's... Well, it's...
3: I know, I know. Jerry's been giving you an earful, but he don't need you down there anymore. I sent him ten grand this afternoon. He can start a real social joint now.
11: You Ten thousand dollars?
3: Yeah, but but don't tell him, will you? Don't tell him... I mean, don't tell him I sent it. Uh, I signed it a friend.
11: Oh, Rocky.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. Now, uh, what about the job? It's waiting for you.
11: Okay, Rocky.
3: Well, besides, uh, I need at least one friend in this place. Come in, Jerry. Hiya, kid. What do you you say? They told me he was outside. Say, what's the idea? Come up to try your luck?
4: Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't got any money except this, and it isn't mine.
3: Ten grand? Where'd you get a hold of all that?
4: Where did you? Huh? Take it, Rocky, and thanks, but I'm afraid I can't accept it.
3: Hey, what's the matter, Are you silly or something? What's all this about? That ain't my money. I know that, Rocky. That's why I can't take it. Oh, right, now come down right, will you? You blow in here, flash that roll on me, you almost knock me over with it, and then tell me it's my dough and you don't want it.
4: Rocky, you've got a great poker face. But don't forget, I've known that face for a long time. Oh, what's the use of pretending, Rock? You force face to it gets you $100,000. Everybody knows it, Rocky.
3: All right, so what? What's the difference where the dough came from? First of all, it's mine. Fraser owed it to me. Second, it's better you should have a chunk of it than him or me. All right, it's hot, but nobody's going to know that. Only you and me. That's just it, Rocky. Oh, don't be such an angel, will you? You want to build that center you yours so bad? Go on, and get it started. I want to build it very badly, Rocky. But I don't want to build it on rotten foundations.
4: Inside the center, my boys would be clean. But on the outside, they'd be surrounded by the same smelly corruption, crime, and criminals. Uh... Yes, criminals, Rocky, yourself included on all sides for my boys to look up to and worship, admire and imitate. What earthly good is there for me to teach that honesty is the best policy when they see all around that dishonesty is the better policy? That the racketeer and gangster are respected and treated just like successful businessmen, like a popular hero. You and the Frasers and Keepers and all those corrupt officials you've got in the palm of your hand, yes, and you've got my boys too. And whatever I teach them, you show me up. You show them the easiest way, the quickest way to succeed is to do it with a gun or a racket. Well, I thought I could cure this thing from the bottom up, but I can't. So now I'm going to do it from the top down. Yeah? How? Rocky, I'm going to use your case as a crowbar to pry open and uncover this cesspool. I'm going to force the law, corrupt or not, to indict and prosecute and bring this mess into the clear light of day. There's going to be a lot of people step down, fellow. And if you're in the way, Rocky,
3: I'll be sorry but you're going to be stepped on just as hard. Hmm. All right by me, Jerry. You go to it. But you've got about as much chance of getting indictment as I have of getting into the Bible Society. You'll find nobody gives a hoot about the whole thing. You'll hear them laughing at you. But go ahead, go to it. And if I'm in the way, why, do your stepping just as hard as you like. I will. Uh,
4: Rocky, shall we uh, shake hands? You know, just... For being honest and for old time's sake.
8: Sure.
3: Good luck, Jerry. Happy hunting, kid.
2: We pause for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. a few moments, we'll hear act three of Angels with Dirty Faces, starring James Cagney and Pat O'Brien with Gloria Dixon. Now, it's intermission time. But before we introduce our guest of the evening, I want to ask the women in our audience a question. Have you ever really studied the lather of a complexion soap you use? Is it a rich, close-textured lather? Is it the kind of lather that will remove every bit of dust and dirt from your skin? Lovely skin is too important for you to risk choked pores because that's what brings the dullness and little blemishes that mean cosmetic skin. Follow the advice of lovely women everywhere... and use the soap with active lather, Lux Toilet Soap. This gentle white soap removes dust and dirt thoroughly... and helps keep your skin smooth and soft. Use cosmetics all you like, but use Lux Toilet Soap regularly. And now, our guest is presented by Mr. DeMille. On the subject of crime...
12: Courtney Riley Cooper is probably the most widely read and most vigorous writer in America today. A close friend of J. Edgar Hoover, our nation's head G-man, he's also acquainted with people on the other side of the law and has known scores of the country's most notorious criminals. His latest book, Designs in Scarlet, is the result of a personal countrywide investigation into activities that tempt young people to go wrong, a condition for which we all must assume responsibility. When Mr. Cooper and I were writing on one of my pictures several years ago, we discussed many times the problems of youth in crime. He's a straight talker, and there's none better equipped than he to talk to us on that most vital problem, crime. We go to New York City
7: and welcome Courtney Riley Cooper. I have happy memories of that association, Mr. DeMille. You know I have just come up from my home in the deep south, where they have a very descriptive saying... Down there, they believe that one of the worst things that can happen to a youngster is to be born with what they call a mouthful of want. If you could have only have walked through as many prison cells as I have, you would realize how many young people have possessed this mouthful of want and taken the wrong way to gain their ambitions. And the age limit in crime is steadily becoming lower. When I first became a police reporter a good many years ago, it was unusual to see a man go to prison who was less than 35 or 40 years of age. But today, nearly 19% of all our crime is committed by youngsters. They steal half the automobiles and commit nearly a third of the robberies, hold-ups, burglaries, and larcenies. And they pay for it. In one prison, the hard-boiled guards no longer refer to the condemned cells as death row. They call them the kindergarten because so many young boys are there. Incidentally, most of these young people are underfed and undernourished, either physically or mentally. They come from homes or neighborhoods where there's been a lack of guidance and proper discipline. And no matter whether they are from the biggest of cities or the smallest of towns, they are from a type of slums which should be eliminated. We must all engage in a nation, fight against ignorance and wrong thinking, lack of guidance, hero worship for the fellow who gets what he wants, no matter how he does it. Hundreds of thousands of youngsters are being fed on a wrong mental diet. Because of this, somewhere in America, tonight, right now, right this minute, boys and girls are committing major crimes at a rate of one every two minutes. And half these boys and girls are actually doomed to a life of habitual criminality to be sent to reformatories, prisons, and even to the death chamber. Somebody will stop this. And that somebody is every decent citizen in America. Clean living... Honesty, integrity, should be as great a basis of education as reading and writing. Hatred for criminals and disgust for crime should be as necessary a mental attitude as patriotism. This cannot happen as long as street-corner gangs of dirty-faced angels worship the Rocky Sullivans of their block. Sure, it'd be great if we could only clean up our slums, the physical ones for poverty and hunger stalk, and the mental ones, which are even more dangerous. It would be wonderful if we could put in their place a love of honesty, of earnest endeavor, of eagerness to get ahead by decent, honorable means. To do this, we must all work together to achieve certain results. Now, for instance, I believe we should make murder a federal offense. We should take all police work out of politics, and we should dedicate ourselves to more good homes and fewer bewildered ones. But above all, we must stop glorifying crime and tell the truth about it, that it is cheap, cowardly, miserable, We can do these things, and we must do them. Thank you, Mr. DeMille. Keep
12: up your fight, Mr. Cooper. Back now in Hollywood, we hear the third act of Angels with Dirty Faces, starring James Cagney and Pat O'Brien with Gloria Dixon. Several weeks have passed, and Father Jerry has carried out his threat. With the aid of a public-spirited editor, he's placed the problem directly before the people. An organized war against crime and corruption. Laurie is frightened. Desperately, she pleads with
3: Rocky to give up his share in the rackets.
11: You see what's happening, Rocky? This thing's going to grow.
3: I know, I know. Jerry means it this time, and there's there's no holding him back. What am I going to do about it?
11: Come down to earth, Rocky. You can't go on kidding yourself forever. Look, look, Rocky, you've got all the money you can spend in five years. Let's get out. What for? Well, Jerry's going on the radio tonight to demand a grand jury indictment. They'll have a warrant out before the week's over and you on the witness stand grilling you on this kidnapping business. You'll be nailed.
3: You know, baby, you're getting a lot of gray hairs over nothing at all.
11: Oh, Rocky, snap out of it, will you? I'm afraid. And I don't want to lose you, Rocky.
3: Don't worry, kid.
11: You won't. You've got to listen to me, Father Jerry. Why, they'd give you money to build a model center here near the church. They're influenced to help you pull down the tenements and build decent apartments in their places.
4: Oh, I know, Laurie. I know.
11: Well, aren't those the things you want? Isn't that why you started all this trouble?
4: No, Laurie, I don't want bribes.
11: Well, then what do you want? What are you hounding him for? What are you trying to send him to prison for life for? You can't do that to Rocky. I won't let you. It isn't Rocky's fault, Father. He was just a kid who made a mistake and got sent up to a reform school. But he isn't bad. Not really bad. You know that. And and no matter what he is now, or no matter whether he's right or wrong, we, we both love him, Father.
4: Yes, Laurie, we love him. I've loved him since we were kids, six years old. We worked together, fought together. We stole together. Oh, I don't blame Rocky for what he is today, but for the grace of God, there walk I. Oh, I'd do anything in this world to help him. I'd give my life for him if it'd help. But it wouldn't, Laurie. It wouldn't. It'd still be these other boys. I don't want to see grow up like Rocky did. They have lives too, Laurie. I can't throw them away. I can't. <laughs> The fact that countless thousands are listening to this program tonight is proof to fling in the teeth of those cynics and skeptics that the public does care and does propose to do something about the appalling conditions I have tried to describe.
9: Guy's going strong, Mac. Yeah, we won't be tomorrow. We're going to take care of him tonight.
3: We are talking to your hat. He's not one of your mugs you can push around. Forget it. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
4: Tonight we have in our power to ask definitely incriminating questions of these officials and the power to demand satisfactory answers. What really is the truth in the case of the racketeer and gunman, Rocky Sullivan? Why did the police release him so suddenly with all the evidence they had piled up against him? Why does the prosecutor's office refuse to investigate? Tomorrow the new grand jury will meet, and tomorrow these questions must be
8: answered.
9: Turn it off, Fraser. He ain't gonna appear at no grand jury tomorrow shooting off his mouth. I say he gets it tonight. Not while I'm around. I'll wait, both of you. There's no sense in running ahead of ourselves. Maybe we don't have to go that far.
6: Don't forget there's all kinds of grand juries and there's all kinds of ways to handle them. There's no sense going off the handle,
9: Mac. Sure, sure, only I want to see some action. I don't care how we stop that guy, only I want him stopped. All right, fix it any way you like. But lay off the rough stock, Mac. That's out. I'll, uh,
3: I'll see you later. So long, Fraser. So long, Rocky.
9: I hope you were stolen just now, Fraser. Because I meant what I said. Of course I was
6: stalling. But look, you can't just bump this priest off. They won't stand for it. It's got to look like an accident. Yeah? I couldn't beat a murder rap now for any of us, but uh, I
9: could beat it for a hit-and-run driver. Hmm? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Call Steve and tell him. Get
3: your hand off that phone. Rocky! You're a smart lawyer, Fraser, except you should have made sure I left. Get over there. Rocky, don't. Don't do it. I'll do anything. Anything. Oh uh, No, you won't. This is your last double cross, Rat. No. I told you it was hands off that priest at night. Don't shoot. Don't. And you wouldn't believe me. Drop that gun, Rocky. Make me stop. Uh, nice shooting, Kiefer. You almost hit me. Uh, oh,
9: Steve. Steve. Steve, this is Kiefer. Get the cops. Sullivan. Rocky Sullivan.
6: Yeah, yeah, paintbag, gangster kills too. Rocky Sullivan captured after gunplay. Rocky Beatle. Sullivan captured.
3: Speedy trial assured. Uh, rocky Sullivan found guilty. Gangster, guilty! Guilty.
8: Guilty.
10: Hey, Sophie. Do you think they'll point him in a chair? Nah, don't be a sap. They can't build a dead house. There's a whole rocky. You mean a blow make a getaway? Just wait. That's all. Just wait.
5: Rocky Sullivan sentence. Sullivan to get here. Hank's sentence to die in March. Boy, I bet Rocky shows them mugs how to die. Sure he will.
10: Remember what he said at the trial? He said he'd spit in her eye. Yeah, and he'll do it, too. Ha, Rocky will laugh at those guys. Rocky Sullivan dies in March. Rocky Sullivan dies
6: next week. Rocky Sullivan dies tomorrow. Rocky Sullivan dies tonight.
3: Tonight. 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 tonight, tonight, tonight. tonight. tonight.
1: Hey, Sullivan, that priest pal of yours is here. All right, get out. Listen, big shot, you got only five minutes, so don't stall around. Five minutes till that hot seat. And I'm going to tell the electrician to give it to you slow and easy. Get out of here.
3: Somebody get this screw heel out of here. Get, him get out of here. Hello, Rocky. Hi, Jerry. What do you hear? What do you say? Uh, how do you feel? Oh, like a million. If it wasn't for just one screw around here that keeps putting the needles in me. Uh, how's Laurie? Taking it kind of hard? Naturally. She loves you, Rocky. Yeah, poor kid. Never did get a decent break. I tried to give her one, but all I gave her was a heartache. You don't want me to administer extra mungtion, Rocky? No, no, Jerry. We'll skip that.
4: Well, then, listen, Rocky. There isn't much time, and I want to ask you a last favor.
3: Ain't much left I can do, Jerry. Yes, there is. Perhaps more
4: than you could do under any other circumstances. Go ahead and spill it. If you have the courage for it, the kind I know you have. Oh, it ain't going
3: to mean much to walk in here, that you mean. Oh, I know that, Rocky. It'd be like sitting down in a barber's chair. They're going to ask me if I got anything to say, and I'll say, "Yeah, sure, haircut, shaving, massage." Hey, <laughs> you're not afraid, Rocky? No, they'd like me to be, wouldn't they? I wish I could oblige them, Jerry, but I can't. You gotta have a heart, first, to be scared, and I don't think I got one. I left that after me a little chunk at a time and all the jails I've been in. But, Rocky, suppose I asked you to have the heart to be scared. What do you mean?
4: Suppose at the last minute those guards had to drag you to the chair screaming and begging for mercy. Suppose you turned yellow.
3: Turn yellow? Say, what's got into you, Jerry? You
4: were just worrying about me having courage. I know, Rocky. I did. But I mean a different kind of courage. The kind of courage that's born in heaven. I still don't know what you mean. Rocky, when I came up here, Kyle, the boys saw me off at the station. Sophie, Bim, Johnny, and all the rest of the kids. You know what they said to me when I left? They said, Father, tell Rocky to show him up there how to take it. Tell him to show the whole world the stuff a real guy has made of. Tell Rocky we're pulling for him and go out laughing.
3: So what do you want? I, I ain't going to let him down if that's what's bothering you.
4: I want you to let him down, Rocky. You've been a hero to those kids and to a lot of other kids all over the country all through your life.
3: Now you're going to be a hero to them in death, too. That's what I want to prevent, Rocky. Just a minute, Jerry. You want me to pull a neck, turn yellow, so so those kids will think I'm no good? Yes.
4: Yes, I want them to despise your memory, Rocky, and to remember you as a yellow coward rather than as a glorified hero. To be forever ashamed of you. You understand? Oh, you ain't asking much, Jerry. Oh, yes, I know what I'm asking, Rocky, but I thought maybe... Well, on account of being kids together, you might want to join hands with me in saving
3: some of those boys from ending up here. Oh, it's a great idea, great idea, but you you asked me to throw away the only thing I got left in the world, the only thing they haven't been able to take away from me. You want me to give them newspaper sob sisters out there a chance to tell the whole world another not rat turn yellow. Well, you're asking a little too much. I won't do it, Jerry. You work it out those kids some other way.
4: Oh, but I can't reach all the kids,
3: Rocky. Thousands of hero-worshipping kids in a thousand slums in a thousand cities. Oh, don't give me that humanity stuff again, Jerry. I did enough of that in the courtroom. I opened up on everything, name, names, gave the lowdown on the whole dirty mess. And now, what, what more do you want?
4: Oh, God knows I haven't the right to ask for anything more for myself, but
9: for. Well, Joe. All right, Rocky. You ready? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, Jerry, you, uh, you figuring on going in with me?
4: You want me to, Rocky? Yeah, sure.
3: Gonna be kind of lonesome walking down that last mile. But, uh, look, kid. Do me a favor, will you? Just one. Don't let me hear you pray. Promise me that, Jerry. I promise. And, uh, you say goodbye to Lori for me? Yes. Come on, wise guy. Get away from me. Get your screw off me or I'll bust this face
1: in. It'll be the last face you see, big shot. And he'll be laughing at you. Don't come near me in there, crew. I'll beat your brains out. All right. Step back, Edwards. You take his arm, Thompson. boy, Rocky.
5: Take your own company.
3: So long, fellas. I'll be waiting for you all.
5: Come on,
8: Rocky.
1: Come on, Rocky.
3: Yeah. This is what they call a last mile, Jerry. But it's uh, it's kind of a short one. Rocky,
4: what I said before. No. Rocky, please.
3: No, I tell you.
4: No one will ever know, Rocky.
3: No. Now shut up.
4: Stop here.
9: Go ahead, Rocky. Rocky, please. Okay, Jerry. Okay. Go ahead.
3: Oh, no. No, no, don't kill me. I don't want to die. Oh, please. Don't let me die. I can't. I can't.
8: Oh, let me go. Please, please. I don't want to die. Don't kill me. Please don't burn me in that chair. Don't burn me in that chair. I don't want to die. Goodbye, Rocky.
4: May God have mercy on you.
8: Rocky dies yellow! Rocky dies yellow! Cowards, death, say what this is! We're Rocky all about it! Diagella. Rocky
10: dies yellow! At the fatal stroke of 11 p.m., Rocky was led through to a little green door of debt. No sooner had he entered the debt chamber than he tore himself from the guard's grasp and flung himself on the floor screaming for mercy. As they dragged him to the electric chair, he clawed wildly at the concrete floor with agonized shrieks. A picture of utter contempt. Rocky Sullivan died a
9: coward's death.
10: I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Not one rotten word of it.
9: It's the same in the other papers, too, Sophie. They said it
3: over the radio. I don't
10: care what they said. He didn't die that way. Oh, not Rocky, couldn't I tell you? It's a lot of lies.
9: Hello, boys. Here's Father Jerry. Hey, Hey, let's ask Kim. He ought to know. He'll tell us what happened. Father Jerry, you
10: were there. You saw it. What happened? Did... Did Rocky die like, like they say here in the paper? Like a... A yellow rat. It's
4: all true, boys. Every word of it. Then. He died like they said.
10: Then. Then, Mark, he, he was a rat. <laughs> Boy, what a chump I was. I thought all the time. I thought. Sophie,
4: we're going to have choir practice tonight. I'll expect to see you all there, I hope. All of it
10: Yeah. Yeah, sure, Father. We'll be there. Okay, Father. Okay. Sure. Mm.
7: Father Jerry, yes, Lori.
11: I know about Rocky.
4: I knew you would. And now, let's say a prayer for a boy. A boy who couldn't run as fast as I could.
12: Starring James Cagney, Pat O'Brien, and Gloria Dixon as themselves. And here they are.
11: You know, Mr. DeMille, it was quite a shock to us to think that the Lux Radio Theater would do this play we've just finished.
12: Shock? Well, if there's anything wrong with the play, don't you think you're a little bit late in bringing it up?
3: Oh, don't get us wrong, C.B. There's nothing to no matter with the play. It's just that, well, Dirty Faces on a Lux program. <laughs> Unbelievable.
4: Uh, we're not out of here yet, Jimmy. Wouldn't surprise me at all if Mr. DeMille suddenly produces one of his bathtubs and throws us all into it.
12: <laughs> <laughs> I'll overlook this feeble effort to twit me and my bathtubs, Mr. O'Brien. After all, I must remember that we're temporarily neighbors now at Paramount. Yes, that's right, but I notice that Paramount
4: is courting Warner Brothers. At Warners, I work with Jimmy and Angels with Dirty Faces. Then I go to the other extreme and do a picture for them called The Devil on Wheels. Now Paramount wants me to the skies again and a little number called Heaven on a
11: Shoestring. They're all bent on kick me off the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. Uh-huh. We started off by talking about Lux Soap. And before we're completely <clears throat> sidetracked, there's something I really want to say to Mr. DeMille. It's just that I think that Lux Soap is about the grandest care under the sun for any girl who wants to keep her complexion looking its best. I use it, and that's what I think about it, Mr. DeMille.
12: And coming from one so lovely, that's that's doubly appreciated, Gloria. But about this play we've done, it seems a long time since a play has brought home so forceful a moral in such dramatic fashion. What do you all think about it?
3: Well, it seems that pictures really are beginning to educate instead of simply amuse. Maybe Angels with Dirty Faces help some kid somewhere to get the right kind of a start, and maybe it would also help people to remember the really great and unselfish work that's going on without publicity, without fanfare... By men like the one called Father Jerry. Yes,
4: and I was just thinking that it's rather a coincidence that we should have done this play on this particular night. It comes between two anniversaries, both commemorating men who set a kid's imagination on fire. Yesterday was the anniversary of Lindbergh's landing in Paris. Tomorrow was the anniversary of the death of Captain Kidd on a scaffold. Daring men, both of them, but one happened to be on the wrong side. Like Rocky Sullivan. When boys learn that there's just as much excitement in doing the right thing, that piece of furniture called the electric chair will soon go out of style. Good night, CB. It's
3: well coming back.
2: So long, CB.
11: Bye, Mr. DeMille.
2: Bye <laughs> back to us soon again, A particularly important announcement about the play and Stars coming to you next Monday will be given presently by Mr. DeMille. Heard in tonight's play were Frank Nelson as Frazier, Lou Merrill as Mac Keeper, Frankie Darrow as Sophie, Cy Kendall as a guard, Ross Forrester as Steve, James Eagles as Hunky, Frank Velen as Crab, Joe Brown Jr. as Johnny, Harris Berger as Bim, Jackie Morrow as Red, and Forrest Taylor as Kennedy. Gloria Dixon appeared through courtesy of Warner Brothers Studio, where James Cagney has just completed Each Dawn I Die. Harris Berger is from Universal Studio, and Louis Silver's from 20th Century Fox Studio. He directed music there for young Mr. Lincoln. Be sure to listen to the new Lux daytime radio program, The Life and Love of Dr. Susan. The makers of Lux Toilets will bring you this enthralling story about the love and problems of a young attractive woman doctor every afternoon, Monday through Friday. Look in your newspapers for the time and station. The life and love of Dr. Susan comes to you in addition to the Lux Radio Theater. Here's Mr. DeMille. It's an unusual program we bring you next Monday night. Not only because of the importance of our
12: stars, but because our play is one which has only just been released. It's our adaptation of the new Columbia Pictures Corporation film, Only Angels Have Wings, which, incidentally, has no connection with angels with dirty faces. They're different angels. The story is a highly dramatic romance, a thrilling adventure on land and in the air, played against a colorful South American background. And our stars playing the same roles they do in the picture are Cary Grant, Gene Arthur, Thomas Mitchell, Richard Barthelmus, and Rita Hayworth. Our sponsors, the makers of Luxe Toilet Soap, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday night when the Lux Radio Theater presents Jean Arthur and Cary Grant in Only Angels Have Wings with Thomas Mitchell, Richard Barthelmus, and Rita Hayworth. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from Hollywood. Your announcer has been Melville Ruick. This is the Columbia
2: Broadcasting System.
0: Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on thatmetalstation.com.